on this episode of Between Good Podcasts, Blacksmithing. Hey, welcome to Between Good Podcasts, episode 15. This is your host, Mark, and you may be wondering, all right, Mark, blacksmithing, really? Did you just walk out of the 19th century? So, uh, no, it's not quite exactly that. My family does have a substantial history of blacksmithing, yes, going back to the 19th century, and according to family members, back even further than that, as far as anyone can remember. But we put a little bit more uh, modern slant on it. You know, my uh, grandfather and great-grandfather did a little bit of the classic, you know, forge, uh, hammer and anvil uh, type of, you know, horseshoeing, that kind of stuff. But as technology progressed, we did have to move along with the times or get left behind. So when I was growing up, uh, the family business was making irrigation pumps. So we did that with a little bit of classic blacksmithing with the uh, with some very specific parts where we need to do compound curves and that type of thing. We would use the hammer and anvil. Uh, we didn't have a forge at that time. Um, I don't think my dad ever had one, but uh, my grandpa did, I, I know, at one point. Uh, so, but we just used an acetylene torch and uh, all of the blacksmithing I've done has been uh, with an acetylene torch to heat things up. Some other tools we had, you can probably say I was more of a machinist than a blacksmith because uh, we did use welders and torches and eventually a plasma cutter. We had a series of lathes and the uh, the oldest one we had did date back to the 19th century and then the newest one we had was used in a tank factory in World War II. So I worked in the family shop from the time I was about 10 years old and up through high school and in college, I'd come back in the summers and on holidays and work at the family shop there. But eventually I did leave home and left the family business behind. Although uh, when I go back home to visit, I go back there and uh, work in the shop all the time. You know, build stuff that I'll take back with me to uh, my home now or give uh, presents to my wife and that kind of thing. And so it's, it's not blacksmithing in the strictest sense because like I said I do use a welder and a, uh, a torch quite frequently with that. The tools that we use though are all still my great-grandfather's from back when he had his shop so our, our big anvil the one that we primarily used is a 250 pounder and then there's a smaller one that we also use that uh, I don't know for sure but I want to say was about 120 pounds somewhere right around there. All the hammers are the ones that my grandpa and great-grandpa used. Uh, we still have all the tongs. We don't quite use them as much anymore, though, just because, you know, a, a vice grip is so much easier. You know, I just clamp it on, and then you've got a, a much sturdier handle. And where we're not dealing with a forge, then we don't have to have quite the long handles that the tongs did. So this was very rewarding work because you got to be creative and artistic, and there was a big difference between a, uh, a quick, sloppily done product and a really quality product. You know, you could see it right there on the, uh, on the surface of whatever you were working on. And it made a, di a difference strength-wise as well, that if you took the time to, uh, you know, really do a, uh, a job that looked nice, it was also a stronger product. And of course, the other stuff that was fun about blacksmithing is, okay, you're, uh, uh, you get to play with fire. Kids at home, don't play with fire, important safety tip. But if you're a 
uh, properly trained blacksmith, and uh, that is an important, uh, really an essential part of uh, your craft that you're doing. And then the other cool thing is, you know, how do you shape stuff? Well, you get a hammer and you beat on it. So if you're looking to take out uh, your frustrations on a piece of metal, it'll really do it. And there were a lot of times where we were trying to uh, replicate a certain part or somebody would bring something uh, into the shop, may or may not have been related to our irrigation pumps necessarily, but they just needed us to fabricate something. You know, if we didn't have a jig or a machine that could actually build that, a lot of times the best solution was to get out the torch, heat up the metal, and then blacksmith it into the uh, correct shape that you needed or you know blacksmith a couple of parts and then weld them together in the winter working with a torch and some hot steel was great because it kept you warm you know a lot of physical exercise uh, kept the blood flowing i can remember also though in the summer where you know i'd make a certain part and it would it just come away dripping in sweat because you know there again there's the the drawback of working with the uh, hot metal and uh, working up a sweat but gosh that sure was a lot of fun the other thing I like about it as well is that there's really a methodical approach to it. So you have to think about, all right, you know, I'm applying certain forces in certain ways. What's this going to do to my particular piece of metal that I'm working with so that it comes out in the shape that I want? And yeah, if, if you make mistakes for the most part, you can go back and heat it up and uh, do it again, you know, either rebend something or flatten it out or uh, roll it again, either one of those. Since uh, we are a uh, family of blacksmiths, uh, again, all my brothers and I, uh, you know, dad passed it down to us. Uh, we've all passed it along to uh, our sons as well. They've all had some experience there in the shop. And uh, last summer when I was home, I took uh, my oldest son, Jacob. So Jacob thought it was really cool that the character Hiccup from How to Train Your Dragon was a blacksmith. So when he found out that we were a family of blacksmiths, too, that was neat for him. So uh, I, I took him up to uh, the family shop uh, when I was home and just, you know, did a quick little demonstration of, you know, here's how you take a, uh, a piece of metal and, you know, bend it around and flatten it out and, you know, heat it up. Uh, of course, you know, when it was all done, dropped it in the uh, bucket of water and watched all the steam come up. And all I made was just a simple little pry bar uh, for him. But boy, that's that's something that uh, he, he really treasures now. So I think we made a, a good memory out of that. He's got the thing hanging on the wall in his room back home. So that was that was really a lot of fun. And, you know, as he gets older, uh, as well, all my sons and my daughters, as they get older, I'll teach them some blacksmithing. And uh, and I hope they'll enjoy that part of their heritage. Some of the more recent things that I've made is some signs to put outside the house or, you know, silhouettes of uh, different images that uh, we can hang on the wall, either inside or outside the home. I made the uh, outline of the uh, state of Nebraska to hang on the wall, which is kind of a, a family tradition. Both my brothers did that, and then, then I did that. I think the best one I've done, though, my personal favorite was uh, about 10 years ago, I made a, a wine rack for my wife. And it was cool because, you know, the structure of it, of course, was uh, metal, in particular, some metal rings on the end of it where the necks of the bottles would go down into. So they were kind of on an angle with the cork down. What I really appreciated about it was the metal was just the frame. And when it was full of 
eight bottles and eight glasses, you saw you really focused on the uh, the glass and not so much on the uh, the metal there. So it it was really a neat combination the way that effect worked out. Of course, uh, uh, all my wife's friends, when they came over to the house, they wanted me to make one, but uh, I had to tell them, like, look, this, this took about two days of work to make this thing, so it's not an easy task, and no thanks. So if it just so happens on the uh, rare coincidence that one of my listeners is also a blacksmith, please let me know about it. Uh, drop me a comment on betweengoodpodcast.podomatic.com or go over to iTunes and leave a review over there. So that wraps it up for this episode. This is your host, Mark, and I'm Between Good Podcasts.